Okay, so welcome to everyone. I'm just going to do a brief background for the people on Anchor because this is going to be the first episode that's that will be on Anchor, right? Because what I wanted to do essentially is I saw a lot of people complaining with regard to Instagram. A lot of people are saying, ah, oh, Instagram is showing our data and all that. So I'm also trying to make the podcast a bit more available. So this will be the first episode that will be available on Anchor in audio format Hi Manu, hi, hi Pearly Chief, long time. So this episode will be the first episode that will be available on Anchor. You can search on your Google podcast. You can search it on Anchor on Google. It'll pop up. Just say the Tuesday Night Bible Study and it'll pop up. So welcome to everyone who's joining us via audio and to the people on live. Welcome everybody. I'm so excited about today's session. I'm so excited. I think we can start. We can just have a word of prayer before we begin. Amen. Father, thank you so much for this day, for bringing us to this place. Holy Spirit, none of this is needful if you're not here. None of this will make sense if you're not here to guide us. We pray for your guidance and your leadership and for revelation of scripture in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So we can start. Everyone else will come and join us in somewhere in the middle. So today we're studying Psalms 119, verse 14. Last week was a really interesting session. We were doing Psalms 119, verse 13, right? Which was talking about the power of speaking the word over yourself. And today we're talking about meditating on the word of God. And we're also talking about rejoicing on the word of God. So we're going to start by doing verse 14 and 15. I trust that we'll finish. So I'm going to read Psalms 119 verse 14. It reads, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. The new international version reads, I rejoice in following your statutes as one who finds, as one who rejoices in great riches. And essentially what I want us to take from this particular part of the scripture is the fact that the psalmist understood the value of the word of God. And it gave him joy as much as riches would give him joy, which is absolutely interesting to look at because you're like, <laughs> you think of the way riches can give you joy. And this person is saying, you know what? I have rejoiced in your word as one who has found great riches. That is a person who has understood the value of the word of God in a way that is immeasurable, right? And that, that also leads us to the question that how how much do you value the word of God in your life? Like how, how much do you rejoice? Like when you're going somewhere where the word is being taught, are you excited? Are you annoyed? Are you happy? Are you bored? How, what is the value that you have placed on the word of God in your life? What is the value that you have placed on the word of God in your life? And it's also a challenge to us to develop and to cultivate a healthy love for the word of God. Seek to understand it. Seek to ask yourself, why, why does the word not excite me? Why does the word not give me joy like one who has found great riches? Like what is standing between me and that joy? And the more you understand it, and the, the more you get revelation of the word of God. So this is a challenge to us to be people who rejoice in the word of God. Be a person that wherever the word of God is being spoken, you're there and you want to hear something and you want to understand something and you want to catch something and you want to learn something. Because I've actually said this, I don't remember who I said this to. I said, even if you get like into a sermon or into a place where there's a teaching, right? And the preacher is literally going offside. There's no teaching or there's no session of the word of God where it's being taught. 
where you where you leave or you go out without getting anything from it. I don't believe that. Even if you go into a session where someone is literally preaching madness, I believe you can always get something out of it. If it means you come out with one verse, you take that one verse and you go home. So be a person who, what, regardless of the situation you're in, be a person who's always willing to hear the word of God. What's being said? I, like the psalmist is saying, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as a one who has found great riches. It's speaking about being a person who has value for the word of God. Now we're going to Psalms 119 verse 15. I will read from the King James Version. I will meditate on your precepts and have respect unto thy ways. The NIV reads, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Today we're going to talk about one of my most favorite things to do. We're going to talk about how to meditate on the word of God. How do we meditate on the word? The key word from verse 15 that I want us to take is meditate. The psalmist is saying, I will meditate on your precepts and have respect unto your ways. The NIV says, I will meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. And we've already discussed this when we started the session that the word meditate, the word precepts is another word of saying, the is another way of saying the word of God. Since we started this whole session, we, say, we, we listed seven words that are used in Psalms 119 to describe the word of God. And precepts is one of those words. So essentially, the psalmist is saying, I will meditate on your word and have respect unto your word. I will respect your word. I will meditate on it and I will consider it. Which then brings us to the more important question, which is, what does it mean to meditate on God's word? What does it mean when someone says I'm meditating on God's word? So the phrase, I will meditate in the actual direct translation in the Bible, in the Hebrew version, it's one word. I will meditate. It's one word, siag, which means to put thought into, to ponder, right? To murmur, to continually speak, to complain positively. The way you do when you're complaining, but then now you're doing it positively. That's another way of describing meditation. To sing, to muse, to meditate upon, to think deeply upon, to study, to ponder. So basically meditation on the word of God is taking a verse, you take one verse and you sit on it and you think on it. Like you really sit and you think it through. What does this mean to me? How do I apply this practically on a day-to-day -day basis? What does that mean to me, right? And it's not memorizing. I remember when we were doing Psalms 119, I think it's verse 11. We spoke about how meditation is not memorizing God's word. Because there are people that can memorize God's word, but they don't understand what it means. When you meditate, it's like you're thinking deeply on it until you understand what the essence of the message is. What is this verse trying to tell me? Right? And it's more important than just learning to quote scripture. It's more important to understand scripture than to quote it. If you understand two scriptures, you're far better off than someone who can quote 10 scriptures but does not know what any of those scriptures mean. It's more important to understand and to, and to understand what the scripture means than it is to quote it. So seek to understand, even the scriptures that you have in your head, seek to understand what they mean. So basically meditation means taking a scripture and thinking deeply on it. Break it down into parts. Ask, ask yourself questions. What does this mean to me? I'm going to do like a practical example at the end of the session. What does it mean to me? 
think about the parts separately, especially if it's one of those really long verses. Think about the parts separately, right? The more you think on it, the more it gets to your subconscious mind. Last week, we spoke about the subconscious mind, which is the part where you essentially function from the deeper part of your brain. That's where we're trying to get the word of God to that place when we meditate, right? And it's fascinating that the first time we see the word meditation or the word success in the Bible, the first time we see this, the word success, it's in the book of Joshua and it's in line with meditation. Let's read it. Joshua 1.8, it reads, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written therein, so that thou may make thy way prosperous, and thou will have good success. You see. So meditation can also bring about success in your day-to-day -day life. Excuse me. How? Because you've, understa you've understood the verse and what it means, essentially. You're not a person who's just reading it. You've understood it, right? So an example of meditation is, let's just get down. You can jot down some questions that you can ask yourself when you meditate on God's word. What are some of the questions? Suppose I have a verse that I want to meditate on. What are some of the questions that I have to ask myself in order to understand this verse? You have to ask yourself questions like, what does it mean to me? Right? How does this apply to me? How does this help me? What are the key words? And you take that and you think on those words. So meditation is essentially like worrying. But then worrying about the word. Which, ha, I'm worried. What, what does this word mean? Right? You take a verse and you worry on it in a positive way. Say it out loud if you have to. Repeatedly. Until something clicks. So even like before I started like trying to learn how to meditate myself i didn't understand the concept i was like what does it mean to just to just sit and you read a verse and you're just thinking about it? it essentially it didn't make sense some of those things they only make sense when you actually practice them right then i did so i was like you know what i want to learn how to meditate this is like one of the first scriptures that i meditated i'm going to like walk you through it it's zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 and this is what it says the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty, the mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness and he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with a song. So essentially what I did is I gave myself, I was like, this is my verse of meditation. I didn't even like get to actually choose it. It was the verse of the day on you version. So I was like, ah, it's there. Let me just try this one. And what I did, I was like, this is my verse for the week. I'm just going to think on this verse. I'm going to read it repeatedly. Repeat. And the funny thing is, the more you read it, I want you guys to try it. Next week, we're going to do more like an interactive session. If there's a verse that you've meditated on, a verse that you've read, you're going to come back and you're going to say, you know what? I want to speak something on a verse that I read because it actually happens. When you choose that verse and you, you, you really sit and you think about it, something clicks. Because I remember this particular verse, I was like, the Lord your God is in your midst. I took that first sentence in isolation. I was like, the Lord your God is in your midst. In whose midst now? Because that, that's how you do it sometimes. You ask questions. The Lord God is in your midst. Whose midst? My midst. So he's inside. And what helped me to understand, sometimes if you're a person who's creative, you can even like paint a picture in your head. But even if it's a group of people. When someone says the Lord your God is in your midst, it means he's in the middle of those people. He's somewhere there in the middle. 
And that's what I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So even as I'm going through my day-to-day life, God is actually in my midst. And the Bible actually emphasizes that. That Jesus, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he gets inside. So the Lord your God is in your midst. He's inside. It's like, ah, oh. so every time I'm going through something, essentially God is in my midst. Jesus is in my midst. The Holy Spirit is there and I, I can understand. And then the, you understand those verses, like the verses that talk about, I am with you until the end of days. I will not leave you. How can he leave you when he's essentially inside you? You see? So that was the first part that I, the first thing is that I took in isolation. The Lord your God is in your midst. So God is in my midst. He's in my midst. Even when I'm in a group of people, he's in my midst. Huh. Okay. And then the next sentence is like, a mighty warrior will save. And I love pictures. So I always try to, to paint a picture. I, 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 I try to paint a picture in my head. So essentially what this verse is saying is saying, God is a mighty warrior. And you picture a warrior. What does a warrior do? A warrior fights. I think he's in my midst. Not only is he in my midst, but he's also a mighty warrior who saves. So it means even if in my midst there are other things that are trying to get to me and other things that are trying to bother me and other things that are trying to disturb my mentality and the way I think, the Lord my God is in my midst. And on top of being in my midst, he's also a mighty warrior who, who saves. Who saves me from whatever it is that is in my surroundings. I have to be a person who takes peace in knowing that he is in my midst. And on top of being in, in my midst, he's a mighty warrior who saves. You know, and that is interesting. Okay, and then the next line of this verse sings, says, He will rejoice over you with gladness. And he will quiet you with his love. So sometimes even when you're meditating on a verse, it's good to get a Bible like the blue letter Bible. If there's a word that you're very curious about, I don't understand what what does this word mean? Because you have to understand that the Bible was written in Greek and Hebrew. So just like maybe when you're trying to translate someone, I remember this one time someone was asking me to translate a job praise song. And you guys know what that man sings. Like some of those things, you can't even translate them into English. Someone was saying, what is it? I was like, listen he's not even saying anything he's just it there is it mind you there's just things that he's saying to make the beat sound good or to make the song sound good so likewise because the bible was written in hebrew and in greek a lot of the words to be able to translate them to english english does not do those words justice so if you're reading a verse sometimes if you don't understanding or if you choose if you, if you don't understand it or if you choose a verse that you're like ha this verse I, I don't understand, but what's the keyword? Go to, 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 to look for a Bible called the Blue Letter Bible or just look for a Bible in a something called Strong's. What Strong's does is it explains the words in the original context. And you see more often than not that the word that was used in the English language, sometimes it doesn't even do justice to explain what they were trying, what the, what the original authors were trying to say. So that's what you do. So this part of the verse, the part where it says, he will rejoice over you with gladness and he will quiet you with his love, right? Rejoice over you with gladness. It basically means that God sings over you. That is so comforting to know, especially when you're going through things that God, not only is he in my midst, but he's a mighty warrior who says, and he sings over me. That should give you comfort. But then the last part that says he will quiet you with his love. The translation that they gave to explain that verse in the original text, 
It says that God will not continually bring up the things you have done before, the wrong things you have done. So you see what I was saying about when you meditate on God's word and you're stuck on a verse and it's not making sense, go back to the original translation. What does that word say there? What does it mean? You'll find a deeper explanation. So you see, this is just one verse. So imagine like if you take a verse and you meditate on it and you think on it and you ponder, you really think guys, you just take, even if it means like say, you know what, five minutes of my morning, they are for meditating on, on the word. And you take one verse, you're like this whole week is one verse. And you don't leave that verse until something clicks. I promise you, like the way you understand the Bible will be different. So we're going again to this verse. Hey, the, the Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty warrior who says, he will rejoice over you with gladness and he will quiet you with his love, right? And he will rejoice over you with a song. Someone said, Hans, the, the minute you see something being repeated in the Bible, it's something that deserves your attention. This is more like a repetition of the previous, I say, of the previous verse that says, he will rejoice over you with gladness. And it comes back again. He will rejoice over you with a song. God will rejoice over us, not only with gladness, but with a song as well. What a verse, right? And the funny part is when you read this verse initially, you don't even think that like so many things and so many aspects of that verse can come from that one verse. But when you sit and when you think on it and when you meditate on it and when you ponder on it, so many things pop up and you get to understand. We're going to do a second example because this is our, uh, this is our assignment. This is our assi assignment for this week. What we want to do this week is you're going to pick a verse, just one verse. Don't overwhelm yourself. One simple verse that you're just going to be thinking about this week. If it means you set aside five minutes, that's fine. Set aside five minutes where you just think about that one verse. You sit and you think, what does this mean? Holy Spirit, what, what am I missing? What's hidden in this verse? Show me something, right? So we're going to do another second example of meditating on God's word. And we're going to do like a step-by-step walkthrough of meditation with a different verse we've already did Zephaniah 3 verse 17 the Lord your God is in your midst a mighty warrior who will say he will rejoice over you with gladness and he will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with a song okay now we go to the second verse the second verse is a very popular verse Ephesians 3.20. Sometimes it's even better to do popular verses because you realize that in as much as the verses may be popular, there are certain things, certain aspects that people may have maybe left out or missed out on. So it's even more bolder to do popular. Don't ignore certain verses because you're like, ah, it's popular. Everyone knows the Lord is my shepherd. No, get into it. Like, think about it. The Lord is my shepherd. What does it mean? Like, what, what exactly does a shepherd do in everyday life? So God is like that. You know, Take even the simplest verses and take them to meditate. Don't shut a verse out because it's popular. Take it. So Ephesians 3.20 reads, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Like I said, if the verse is long when you're meditating on it, it's important. So someone commented, this was for me because I'm running through. Okay. Atak, we see you. <laughs> okay. So like I said, when you're meditating on a very long verse, it's important to separate it, to break it down into pieces. You see, like we did it with the verse in Zephaniah. We, we broke down the sentences into pieces until we understood them. And then we came to the sentence as a whole. 
So if we were going to do the same thing, it talks about basically it's two sentences. It says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. God is able, basically it's saying that God is able to do. And I had to, to, to actually go to the direct translation to understand that. Why did they say exceedingly abundantly? And if you look at the direct translation of this verse in the original language, it's one word that was repeated. It's like saying who's able to do more and more. And sometimes the word can also be explained saying over and beyond. So that's why they went on to say exceedingly abundantly because it was one word that was repeated. So to, to actually bring it into a way that makes sense, they said more, more. And here they said exceedingly and abundantly. So he's saying now unto him who is able. Let's stop there. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. I love how he doesn't say some or above. He, he's not. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above some things. No, it said all. And when you see that, now you think, so So God is literally able to do exceedingly and above. God is able to go over and beyond. He's able to exceed. Think of a cup and it's running over. The, everything is going out. God is able to do that with your expectations. Above all. All means everything. I, mean, I take the Bible very literally. If it says all, I say all. If it, even if and I apply that even if it's to my academics, God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all, all take it as it is, right? That we can ask or think. Oh, we had to pause the. So God is. It, we've already got into the first part. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly, or abundantly, abundantly, or exceedingly, exceedingly, right? Above, right? Oh, everything. We can ask anything you can ask God. You say, I want to ask God for this. I want to ask God for that. He's able to do exceedingly above what you're asking, right? Whatever it is that you can think of asking God for, he's able to go beyond that. You ask for a car, he's able to go beyond too. You ask for this, he's able to go beyond. So think above all you can ask. And then it goes to another place. It says, or oh, think what are you thinking about? Because then God is able to do exceedingly above all. What are you thinking about? Everyone is more concerned about asking. We're asking God for this. We're asking God for that. But then like in your thoughts, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? Because God is able to exceed that as well. Right? And then this was the part that God made. I realized when I meditated on this verse, I realized that so many times we, we sort of get distracted. That in, in the first part, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. But then we sort of, get tired at the last part of the last part is all is where the key is right because already telling us now unto him was able to do god is able to do it right exceedingly and abundantly above all we pointed that out we can ask or think right but then he says he's only able to do this right according to the power that is at work in you <laughs> so what about if the power is not at work in me or i'm unaware of the power that is at work in me see there's a condition there's a condition so those are the things that you see when you choose to meditate on god's word 
I was essentially when you were just reading that you get so excited about the above or above I can ask or thing and you're so caught up in that. But you forget that that last part says according to the power that works in us. Huh. And now you're asking yourself, what power? The power that is being to say that it's, it's at work in, in us. Do, do I have that power? Have I received that power? Have I been able to manifest that power in a way that God can be able to work through that power that is at work in me? Have I been able? What, what am I missing? If that power is given, because reading the Bible, Jesus says, behold, I give you power. So the power is given. But just because you give someone a gift does not mean that they receive it. You see? So now, that according to the power part, that, that's the key right there. So now you have, it's, it's, the honors is on you. To say, according to the power that works in me, how is the power at work with me? in me? How do I see that the power is at work in me? Right? How do I activate the power that is at work? Because Jesus already gave us the power. The problem is, have we accessed the power from him? And is it the power at work in you? It could be in you, but it's not, in, it's not at work. How then do you get to that place where the power is at work in you? Because when the power is at work in you, now God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Above all you can ask or think. Why? Because the power is at work in you. So do you understand like the value of meditating on God's word? That's the value of meditating. You, 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 you break down the sentence. The sentences and you do them individually and then you come back and you view the sentence as a whole so just from these two verses alone you've understood that the bible is very deep because if we can get this from only two verses imagine all the verses in the bible that we haven't even begun to meditate on and the things we're missing out the things we're missing out on and it also helps you to pray because after you, for example, like after you've meditated on this verse, like Ephesians 3.20, you know, you get to pray and say, God, this power that is at work in me, is, is, did I receive it like everyone else? If I received it, then how can I activate it so you can do exceedingly and above according to that power? How do I activate it? Right? And these are the benefits of meditating on the word of God. So what I want today, our session is actually very short. Guys, it's hot. <laughs> MP is hot, I tell you. Okay. So what I want is to do this week i would love to have some presenters next week people will just join in next week if i if i don't talk it's okay i want you guys to find a verse if you're a person who's like i don't know a verse to find i don't know i will watch but you can dm me and i'll throw you a verse i'll show you something but if you want to find a verse for yourself everything is okay as well so i want you to choose a verse but you're gonna be like this is my verse for the week until next week tuesday you can read other verses and all but in a day you have to set aside some minutes to really think and ponder and ask the holy spirit what am i missing on this verse is there something that's hidden what what, what am i missing help me reveal this word to me help me to meditate on this word and that's what we want to do this week so you're going to find a verse you're going to find your own verse and essentially what i would love for next week is for people to just come and be like five minutes for a person you join the live you say you know what i was meditating on this 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 scripture and this is what i found out there's no wrong answer guys just come we're all learning it's a bible study it's not a sermon it's not a what no you just come with what you've understood from your meditation and also meditation has to be in a place of quietness find some time you're quiet and you're just thinking on the word you're thinking on it you're thinking on it you're repeating it you see that the more you repeat it you see that there's a comma there why is there a comma there you see 
So that's what we're going to do this week. That's your assignment. This week, just pick a verse and meditate. That's what we're going to do. Now I'm going to pick another verse as well, and I'm going to meditate, and we're going to come there. And everyone is going to come, and they're going to have a verse that you meditated on the whole week. Hi, Mercy. Everyone is going to come, and you're going to have a verse that you meditated on the whole week. And we're going to come with our results. Nothing is wrong. Just... Just jot down what you what what you take what you took from the verse. Okay, okay, I'm taking this, I'm taking this, and you come back and you present it to us, because the word of God is so vast that one person cannot exhaust it. You can take even that same verse that I just did, the Zephaniah three seventeen, and you'll come with something that's even more mind blowing. Why? Because you set aside time to meditate on God's word. So that's what we're doing this week. You pick a verse, you meditate on it the whole week. It doesn't have to be a chapter, one verse. That's a verse you're going to be meditating on and thinking on the whole week. The next week, you get your five minutes, you join in and you share whatever it is that you're seeing and we'll be done. So that's all for today's session. For the people that just joined late, we are actually done. Today we finished quite on time. So as of today, the episodes, all our Bible study episodes will be available on Anchor and on Google. Just search the Tuesday night Bible study, it'll pop up. This will be the first episode on the Bible study itself. So thank you to everyone for joining. Today was a beautiful